This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. your game winner last night Walker Dewar continues his impressive play and with a Flames win and a Jets loss in regulation to the San Jose Sharks all of a sudden here we are again so you're telling me there's a chance Flames now look ahead to a one-game road trip Friday night against the Vancouver Canucks. And, uh, well, they have two days off. We'll hope for a little bit more help on the out-of-town scoreboard. Welcome to Sportsnet today. This is Logan Gordon along with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. With my outstanding production team of Cam and Taylor this afternoon. Lots to get to, of course, with the Calgary Flames and their big win last night over the Los Angeles Kings at the Scotiabank Saddledome. We'll chat with Pete Labardius in just moments to break it all down. Take a look at those reviewed playoff odds this afternoon as well, following a victory for the Flames, and I mentioned a loss for the Winnipeg Jets. Also factoring a Nashville win over the Boston Bruins in regulation, just the fourth time this season the Bruins have lost in regulation at home and just comes at a perfect time for the Nashville Predators who are making things interesting themselves in this battle for a wild card spot in the West and uh, it's the last day off before regular season baseball Uh, we'll get a bit of a Jays season preview an hour or two with our pal Roger Lajoie from Sportsnet 590 the fan in Toronto but let's kick things off like we always do heading down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest hotline, saying hello to the color voice of the Calgary Flames, Peter Labardius, who is brought to you every single day by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference, now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. Good afternoon, Lou. How are you, sir? I am fine, thank you kindly. Good to hear, man. Uh, what a game last night at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Uh, Lots of, uh, there's disallowed goals. There was back and forth moments. It certainly wasn't anywhere close to the 8-2 game that we saw last week between these two teams. And uh, overall, I think both teams, I know LA would have loved to have walked away with two points, Lou, but from both sides, I think there was something to be happy with last night, especially for the Flames at the end of the night, walking away with two points. Well, from a hockey fan standpoint, it was just one of those games, at least for me, that resonated as a terrific hockey game. I really enjoyed it from start to finish. Um, 
it was well played by both teams. There was great pace. Certainly one of the things that stuck out for me was when I see teams with my own eyes, even though, you know, you watch on television, there's nothing, there's nothing like seeing them in person. And we haven't seen LA in person for a while. And I am now more convinced than I have been at any point this season that this has become a really good team that could make some noise in the Stanley cup playoffs. I think they've taken some massive steps, the record since the break just to begin but I, I thought it was an awesome hockey game. The goaltending was excellent. Um, you know, the referees, they were involved, but in a different way because there were not a lot of special teams situations. Both teams checked very well. I just, I really enjoyed that hockey game, Logan. And needless to say, from a Flames perspective, you'll uh, take every two you can get and every two you can get against a team like that as well. Uh, lots of different ways to go last night, but let's start with this one, Peter. What, in your mind, was the difference last night compared to so many other nights where this team hasn't been able to shut things down in the final 20 or 40 minutes of a game? Well, the first thing for me going into the game last night was in the previous meeting with L.A., and you can understand, I'm sure, Logan, after you watching with your own two eyes in the rink as well, that how you manage their pressure and speed, because they have a lot of it, and their two lines in particular, I knew that was going to go a long way. And they didn't manage it very well at all in the 8-2 loss. And they actually had Chris Tanev in that game. However, I thought the top four in particular, led by Anderson and Hannafin, thought Noah had a, a really good night seeing the ice, making some plays the group of six as a whole with some fine support from the rest of their teammates and how could you not really begin without talking about Jacob Markstrom because he was brilliant early brilliant late one of his best games of the season I don't think there's any question about it no, and uh, as usual with the Flames goaltender, Lou, post-game in the locker room, asked about his own performance. Uh, he's never one to uh, throw the accolades on himself. He was asked by Wes Gilbertson of post-media, you know, how does it feel to get a, a big win for your team, bounce back, just let in the one goal, and uh, here's what Jacob had to say. Big two points, that's, uh, you know, put him in the books and then go back to work. Not one to pat himself on the okay. back after a great performance, Lou. That's him. That's just him. He's been in that absolute, what I would call, game seven mindset since early March. And it's one of the reasons I believe that he's playing his best hockey of the year at a time where his team needs him to be at the top of his game. And outside of, I don't even count the L.A. game, maybe the game prior to that on the, on the Saturday, um, you know, that got away a little bit. But outside of that, that is the only performance for him, despite what the save percentage says. I, I think he's been excellent. And so outside of that 44-save shutout, where they absolutely had to have him in Minnesota, I've really liked his game. And it means a lot, at least how I 
assess things at a time that's the most important, one of your best people is at his best. And there were a number of times last night, Lou, where LA winds up winning the shots on goal battle, 33-22, but it was an interesting way to get there, seeing as how there were stretches last night where the Flames dominated possession and were in the offensive zone, but quickly the Kings would come down the ice and find themselves with a grade-A opportunity. Kevin Fiala had a couple. Andre Kopitar had one in the first period. And it didn't matter if they were two minutes in between, five minutes in between. Uh, Jacob was there, and that to me is a good sign because that's the Jacob Markstrom we know. It's not always about making all of the saves, Lou. Sometimes it's about when you make those key saves. No, it, most of the time, to be honest, is is when. And the when was really important after the Flames received an early power play and Andrew Mangiapane scored to give them a one nothing advantage. I thought L.A. really took over the period in the first. They had a 10-4 advantage in shots, and Jacob, by my count, had three or four 10-bellers on their way to those 10 shots, and that helped his group settle in. Also thought, Logan, you know, going back a little bit to your previous question, when you are the Calgary Flames, you need to spend against good teams in particular, maybe all teams with how they're built and how they play. The one analytic that I look at a lot where Calgary is concerned is their offensive zone time. Now you have to factor in power play times because that can lead to lengthy stretches and important stretches in the evaluation. But five on five, in zone time, they did what they had to do to give themselves a chance. And I know they were leading that battle overall by the end of the night. And it was something that I had earmarked and was really, really looking for the importance of that in giving the Flames some success. One thing that you mentioned as we headed into yesterday's game, Lou, and I know you talked about it post-game as well, was the difference in handling the Kings' pressure from what happened on Monday to what happened in last night's game. And there was a major adjustment by the Calgary Flames that led them to uh, dealing with at least you know those top two lines for L.A. certainly uh, a lot better last night than they did in L.A. Well, absolutely, because it was it was tough. And they can make it tough on you. That one-three-one they play in the middle of the ice turns people over. And Logan, as you saw last night, they come back at you with some pace and people who can finish. Kempe, Gala, they're really good. And so I asked Kirk Muller the differences and how he felt that they did in the handling what LA threw at them department. Yeah, we made some adjustments from obviously last time we played them and uh, there wasn't a lot of things from that last game in there that we wanted to bring into tonight's game, but we did make some adjustments. They're one of the best teams in the in the league for uh, trying to penetrate through the neutral zone and that 1-3-1 one, one that they play is makes it difficult and they do it well, so uh, that's why they don't give up much, but uh, I thought we had more speed tonight. We came up together in numbers and we put pucks in an area where we could get a better four check which leads to more ozone time and then, you know, gave us opportunities to, to play our game tonight. You just have to be able to break pucks out of your own zone, and that's not just the defense, but it is a big part of it. They're, the 
decision-making, understanding where the pressure is coming from, making sure that the forwards provide you with outlets. You know, you like to stretch people out a little bit, at least with one guy on a breakout to try to create separation. But to me, one of, if not the biggest difference, was how they made their way out of their own zone. It was was such a huge difference. And this group, Logan, it's without Chris Tanev, they're just they're nowhere near as good as they can be back there. And while Chris doesn't always get credit for it, he might help them break out of their zone in a lot of ways better than anybody else or break up plays, kills plays, reads in the middle of the ice. They, you miss him greatly because he's their smartest guy without the puck by a mile. And so he did a really nice job as a group making plays, being patient, finding a trailing defenseman if it's the only thing that you have, especially when you come up against pressure in the middle of the ice. And when you get to middle, you have to put pucks behind. And in fact, you think about it, LA's only goal last night was a turnover by the Flames at the LA blue line mm-hmm. that led to an odd man rush in transition and they scored their only goal that way. Yeah, it was a much different and better approach uh, for the Calgary Flames last night that led them to success in a 2-1 win. better execution. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Uh, and that was noticeable in almost all areas of their game last night. And uh, as Kirk mentioned, there wasn't a lot to take from that game last week anyway, so uh, you had plenty of uh, of new stuff to look at and use in last night's game, and they certainly did uh, in that 2-1 win. We're trying to Pete Labardius. He's the color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960. The fan joins us every single day to kick off the program, thanks to our friends at the Gemini Group Home Renovations. And uh, Lou, this young man uh, with a goal last night, goals are now in back-to-back games and a three-game point streak uh, for Walker Dewar. Uh, what did you think of number 71 last night? I thought he had a ton of jump. I thought he was physical, engaged in everything, and just continued to impress uh, picking up the game winner last night. Well, his confidence is sky high, and he's put in the work. And I say this about a lot of players who are trying to make their way into the NHL on a regular basis. Walker Dewar knows who and what he is, what his attributes are, and what allows him to be successful. He's a big-bodied player, and that doesn't mean he's out there running people over because in the modern-day way the game is played, Logan, as a number of coaches have told me over the past number of years, in fact, in terms of you know how you check, so on four checks, If you're running around throwing big hits, but you leave yourself exposed in transition, yes, you want to make people pay the price with contact every time you get a chance, but your stick and body position and staying above the pocket on the right side is important. So Walker does Walker very well, and he did have great pace to his game, um, I just I, I love the fact that when he gets the puck in the neutral zone, he's not trying to beat people at the blue line. 
he's chipping it by defenseman and going to get it. And then when he gets the proper puck support from what they like to call in hockey an F2, and then the F3 on the forecheck is in good position to break something up, jump on a potential outlet pass. He's been a huge reason why that Lewis line has been very, very successful. And on top of that, his puck play is also growing at the same time. So it's been a marvelous story. It's been a treat to watch. And he has given them, you know, a spark at, again, a time where they have desperately needed it. They don't win the game Saturday without him. And certainly he was a massive contributor again last night. He also, uh, one of the Flames continued that spoke in the locker room last night. Uh, here's what he had to say on the game uh, as a whole and thought it was a pretty good 60-minute effort uh, from his club. Uh, just our 60-minute effort, staying with it the, the whole game. It was felt like kind of a playoff game. We had our pushes, they had their pushes, and you know I thought Marky stood on his head tonight and gave us a chance to win for sure. That one line there, Lou, the one that sticks out to me, uh, playoff feel last night. Did it have that in your mind as well? Well, for sure it did, and it, and it was so well played. That's at least the impression I came away. And, you know, Saturday's game looked like an exhibition game. Last night looked way more like a very meaningful late regular season. I always get, I always get a little, you know, I'm reticent to talk about playoff games as playoff games before they are because I'm amazed even though I've gone through it for so many decades now, the difference of what happens between this year, April 12th, and April 15th or 16th is unbelievable and the intensity and all that goes with it. But that was a really well-played late-season game, and, and Walker was right. The difference was they really never got away from what made them successful. And they didn't allow that first period run of six or seven minutes that I talk about often. They didn't let it get away from them because their goalie was such a good performer all night and especially early in the game, I thought. And the other thing, um, you might have the sheet in front of you. I'm driving. I don't have it in front of me. I think Walker was... 11 plus last night and led the team in shots on goal with five. Uh, Walker Dewar, 1040. And yes, a team high five shots on goal. And Daryl calls and, you know, talks about players. Clay Coleman comes to mind. You know, some guys, frankly, are more volume shooters. And as his career goes along, I think shots on goal from Walker Dewar will be very important to keep track of. And that's, that's some pretty quality work in not even 11 minutes. means you're in the right end of the rink the majority of the time when you're on the ice. I uh, did want to ask you about this last night too, Luke, because it was a big storyline in the game, and I know people will want to hear uh, your thoughts on it. Three disallowed goals last night for the Calgary Flames, two of them on offsides plays and then another um, a goal line video review that took about seven and a half minutes. 
uh, before we got a inconclusive call from uh, NHL offices. Any problems or any thoughts on the three that we saw last night? Well, it was it was an odd night in that regard. So I'd start there. Um, from all accounts, and honestly, I didn't even see a replay even yet on the one that took away the empty netter with just over 12 seconds to go in the game. Um, as far as the review and it being inconclusive, here's what I'd say on reviews a lot of the time. And again, I've never been in the war room, and I have great appreciation for the care that goes into some of those decisions because, remember, it just doesn't affect the two teams involved in the game. It affects way more than that in the race. So you want to get it right. I just always think, Logan, after a certain amount of time and a certain amount of looks, you can't find what you're looking for, how many different, you know, you Google it, how many different searches can you go on, you know, to get a more conclusive mm. understanding? Yeah, that's kind of what it felt like last night was, especially towards the end of it. You know, okay, we've, we've been through this seven, seven minutes now. You've got every angle in the world that you could possibly hope for. And if one of them doesn't show it conclusively, there was the one angle, the reverse angle that, Look like you could have, but then you're zooming in so much, Lou, you're sort of losing where the red line is and all of it. It was a tough one. I thought, if anything, you know, the last last one was standing because there was so little time left. Especially after the first two, I liked how the Flames responded from both of them. They didn't let it be a, a deterrent to their game or a reason for them to get down last night. It was just, okay, pick up the work socks. Here we go. It's off the board. Let's go get another one. Logan, great observation, my friend, because to me, that's the story. You know, there's, there's, we can talk about reviews and where that gets to and where it goes for people. And I understand all of those things um, and some similarities that may have happened in the past, but I could not agree with your assessment more. It, it really was a couple of things that could have derailed them. It, it might have in the past this year. It did not last night. So, and just in closing on the uh, long review and that court case that we're having, <laughs> the, the referees, I truly believe, thought it was in. They wanted to take as much time as they could to prove that it was. And when they couldn't, you know, Johnny Cochran won in the end. Yeah, you sure did. Uh, Lou, uh, en enjoy the day, sir. Uh, we have another off day tomorrow, so maybe we'll uh, we'll take a look at some other storylines uh, across the NHL. we got some great playoff races going ahead, and then we'll uh, get set for the Flames and the Canucks on Friday. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon, sir. Okay, you as well. Thanks. Take care. Peter Labardius, the color voice of the Calgary Flames. He joins us every single day to kick off the program here on Sportsnet today. Uh, and he does so thanks to our friends at the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. Now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. So the Flames pick up an important two points last night in a win against L.A. And it becomes a little bit more important thanks to one of the teams that they're chasing 
who just can't seem to get it together the last two months. What exactly is going on with the Winnipeg Jets? We'll dive into that next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. So the Calgary Flames pick up an important two points last night in a matchup against the LA Kings. And maybe more importantly, down in San Jose, the team they're chasing, the Winnipeg Jets, continued to flounder. Here comes McDonald. Lead pass left side for Speedy Gregor. Moving across the line. Gets it to the net. Loses on the check. Then poked it on goal. Stick save made there by Hellebuck. Zetterlin in the corner. Penalty almost over. Jacob Peterson behind the net. Centers in front. The shot. Score! Noah Gregor had his stick down. Gets the pass from behind the net as the penalty was expiring. Jacob Peterson gets the primary assist. And the Sharks are on top by the score of one to nothing. That's your game winner last night. The San Jose Sharks in full tank mode. Take down the Winnipeg Jets by a 3-0 score. Noah Gregor, Kevin LeBanc, and Martin Kaut with the goals. James Reimer shuts out the Jets. And all of a sudden, Winnipeg now just one point ahead of the Calgary Flames. Or two points, excuse me, ahead of the Calgary Flames. With equal games played and a head-to-head matchup still to come. And everyone in Winnipeg right now frustrated, angry, disappointed in this Jets team that seemingly about a month and a half ago had this thing in the books. They were likely to head to the playoffs. Talking about a spot in the Central Division, who they'd play. And now they have the Flames and the Predators right on their tails. And as you hear from head coach Rick Bonus last night, uh, the frustration boiling over between him and some of his players. The inconsistencies of some of our players uh, is hurting us. Um, you know, if some of these guys think they're giving us everything in their tank, they're dreaming. That's not exactly a great sign from your head coach. If some of those guys think they're giving us everything, they're dreaming. Jets not looking good right now, and the spiral continues. And if anything, from a Flames perspective, wants to give you positive vibes about a Flames potential playoff spot still to come, it has to come from the fact that, yeah, okay, the Flames are playing well, but the Jets right now are stinking up the building. Pat's term last night on the Flamestock post-game show was soiling the sheets, and that's a good way to put it. This Jets team has fallen apart. They are losers of two in a row, but they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Losses to St. Louis in there. Carolina. They've picked up some wins against Tampa Bay. They've got a win in overtime against Nashville. But this team has fallen off of a cliff, and suddenly they've allowed the Flames and the Nashville Predators, who still hold those two games in hand, to come back into this conversation. And the Jets need to find a way to pick up a win. They're next out uh, against the Detroit Red Wings coming up on Friday. So the Flames and Jets uh, won't, at least for these next two days, won't have to check the out-of-town scoreboard for uh, games against each other. 
Predators will be in action sooner than later as they are taking on and using one of those uh, games in hand this week. But man, is it bad right now for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Flame side of things, great win last night against the LA Kings. 2-1 the final. Uh, finally able to hold down a lead late into a third period. Able, able to hold the lead for two straight periods, which is something that hasn't happened to this team a whole lot this year. We'll uh, head back to the Scotiabank Saddle. Here from a couple members of the Calgary Flames following that victory, starting with the head coach, Daryl Sutter. Uh, thoughts on his goaltender, their performance as a whole, and a bit on uh, a couple of those disallowed goals last night as well. Here's the head coach following a win last night at the Saddle Dome. Just your thoughts on, on the game? It's a pretty good game. Overcame some interesting calls. Still won. Have you ever coached a game with three disallowed goals? Probably, but not very. I thought two were goals. Can you listen on the discussion on the second disallowed goal, what the ref said to you at the bench? Which one the second one took a little longer. Well, they they just exactly what they announced, inconclusive. But if I'm leaning on the net and looking down there, I think I can see if it was in the net or not. Is it nice to have a low-scoring game versus this team given the barn burners? It's one goal game. Doesn't really make much difference. We're trying to, you know, what goaltenders both made some big saves and and uh, got some calls. Well, that's the kind of game you preach, though, to hold that 2-1 lead for over two periods. Yeah, I don't think that's the case anymore. I, I don't think I've preached that. I think maybe 10 years ago you did. I think now you're trying to score the next one and keep big guys off the sheets. That's a pretty lethal team to hold off the... Yeah, they have two big lines, that's for sure. You look at the Colter line and those three top guys, and then they got three guys in the second line that they've traded or signed as unrestricted guys are pretty big horses for them. In a, in a game that's this close, when you have those kind of calls that go against you, how do you make sure that it doesn't have an impact on the mood of the bench? Not much I can do about it. I'm not going out there. Are you, are you impressed by how your team, I guess, rolled with the Yeah, the you know what, because we won, I am. So if they just if guaranteed you, if they just scored to make it 2-2, two, two, you'd ask the next question, the other question, right? So. Daryl, can you speak to the importance of not breakaway saves when we're still ahead? Well, there's two or three of them. I mean, it's shorthanded breakaway they had. Uh, the one at the end of the first period, block shot, just, you know, it's under 30 seconds, just filter the puck through or behind, uh, power play. Uh, also, so there's probably two or three. I mean, give give Marky full marks. That is the head coach Daryl Sutter speaking to the media post game in the Ed Whalen media lounge. Got to be happy with that effort from the Calgary Flames. It's two in a row for them now. Upcoming games against the Vancouver Canucks and the Anaheim Ducks Friday in Vancouver, Sunday back in Calgary. Reminder, the fan feedback line always open to you at 960-960. Questions, comments, queries, how we feeling as the gap between the Flames and the Winnipeg Jets shrinks last night thanks to a Flames win and a Jets loss. Has your confidence level shifted again? And it's I want to say this, it's okay if it has because I think we're all riding this roller coaster together right now for the Calgary Flames, and while the Flames haven't used every opportunity 
at their disposal. They've, you know, there's a couple of those games that we've talked about over the last month or so that you would have liked to have come out with a win if you're the Calgary Flames. They've done enough to keep themselves in the race. And by that same account, we heard from Rick Bonus, the Jets head coach. You know, the Jets haven't done themselves any favors. And if they're not going to close the door on you, you've got every opportunity, I think, if you're the Calgary Flames, to find a way in there. Uh, Aaron Vickers from Daily Hive and uh, regular contributor to Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg uh, had this great stat today from uh, moneypock.com that tracks the playoff odds. And over the last couple of weeks, here's how much it's fluctuated for the Calgary Flames when it comes to playoff probability. March 24th, the Flames' playoff probability sitting at 10.3% per money puck. March 27th, it bumps up by eight and about 8.5% to 18.4%. And now, following the win last night and the Jets' loss, Flames playoff probability per money puck sits at 31.5%. So we've gone from, I won't say the highest of highs because that would likely include a a playoff appearance or at least probability over 50% the last couple of weeks. But you can see just how much it's fluctuated and how much, I don't even know, a week-to-week Basis, this is going to jump for the Calgary Flames, depending on what happens in their games, what happens with the Winnipeg Jets and all of this. And don't forget that head-to-head that we're talking about now, early April, which is next week, by the way. Me and my producers had a little bit of a uh, come-to-Jesus moment this morning that we were already done with the month of March. Don't look now, but next Wednesday... Less like a week away from the Jets and the Flames from Winnipeg. That game could mean everything to both of these teams. And it's impossible to not look at the strength of schedule for the Calgary Flames because as you head into that Winnipeg game, you have Vancouver on Friday, you have Anaheim on Sunday, and you have Chicago on Tuesday. Now, those mean absolutely nothing if you don't find a way to come out with a victory in all of them. But you'd have to say that just based on the fact of where teams are, who's been building for what this season, you would have to favor the Flames probably in all three games coming up before that matchup against Winnipeg. Now, you had two very different games against Anaheim this month. Early on, the last time they came to Calgary, it was not an outstanding performance by the Flames. And it was one of those days that left a lot of people scratching their head and wondering what exactly this Flames team is doing. And then you have the 5-1 win last week in Anaheim where they bounced back from the 8-2 loss against the Kings. So what Flames team shows up against the Ducks? It's just, it's not hard to see and again, is, is it probably getting ahead of myself? Sure. But could you see the Flames winning four of five, maybe five of five, heading into that game against Winnipeg on the fifth? I can. 
You follow that up with Vancouver again, Nashville, which could be a very important game on the 10th, and then San Jose. The only two teams sniffing the playoffs that the Calgary Flames have to see in the next three weeks are the Jets and the Predators. And those mean exponentially more given where you are in the standings and given how things have gone the last month or so for the Jets. It has gotten very interesting, very fast for the Calgary Flames. And if you, like I said, if you are on the up and down train like everybody else where one night you want to throw your remote at the TV because you're so frustrated watching this group and then you watch last night and you think, yeah, playoffs are a real probability. I don't blame you for that. In fact, if you stayed even keel one way or the other on Team Tank or Team Playoff, Throughout this entire thing, good on you. You're you're better than I am because I've had those moments. I think we've all had those moments as observers of the team. And all I'll say is it, it sure would be nice, even if they don't finish it off, it would sure be nice if these last games meant a lot to the team and had some meaning. We don't have to go through the doldrums of the last three or four games not meaning anything, it sure looks like they're going to mean a lot. And that's uh, that's a good thing for Calgary Flames fans. And it's a good thing for the station. It's fun, a lot of fun to cover games uh, that mean something rather than uh, just finishing out the season. Uh, Cam, producer Cam, DJ Cameo, you were at the game last night. That's right. Did you have a good time at the game last night, sir? I had a great time. It was fun. Besides like besides that eight-minute wait for the, the one goal to get re- eventually recalled, it was a great game. Loved it. I heard you screaming out in the stands, actually. Oh, yeah. My voice really carries. Yeah, you were screaming at the refs, just different profanities. I was just screaming, goal, goal, goal with the rest of the crowd, waving the uh, the good goal ref sign. I was in it, man. It was fun. And you uh, were wrong. But wasn't it fun to just be a part of it, you know? It was a good atmosphere <laughs> last night at the Dome. I'll give the, the fans credit. It was... An engaged group. I thought you saw that in the players' side of things, too. There's a little bit more of that nastiness between the two sides. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple. Uh, I don't know on the broadcast that probably came through because we heard it all the way up in the uh, the PMR radio broadcast booth. Uh, a couple F-bombs between the teams. The refs were taking it in the teeth on both sides. Neither sides were happy uh, with the refing last night. As far as the goals go, the first one's offside. It's unfortunate. Uh, it's a tough play for Hannafin to, to get back on side there. You would have loved to have had that one if you're the Flames because, let's be honest, it's a bit of a ugly goal for Jonas Corposalo. Dumps it in off his blocker and passed him, and you could have found yourself with a 2 nothing lead rather than having to battle back from 1-1. It's okay. It happens. Like I said, they bounced back really well from it. The second one, the one you mentioned there, Cam, that had the seven-minute review yeah we're lucky enough we have the monitors up in the in the radio broadcast booth and we were going through them live with everybody else it's one of those unfortunate situations where i think you could have made a case the puck was in i think it did cross the line but the only angle that showed you it was so zoomed in and from an angle that didn't show the red line that it was impossible to call that goal conclusive last night. Yeah, I think 
I'm with you. I think it probably was a goal, but what the ref said saying, you know, there was not enough evidence to conclude that it was a goal. I think, you know, they made the the right decision for them. Yeah, and from the ref's perspective, you know, look, when they're going to, to Toronto and they're doing that as well, it kind of gets out of their hands. I, I think that they made the right decision to blow it down when they did, and they always have that intent to blow uh, rule in the back of their pockets too, so that it kind of helps, I don't want to say protect the referee, but it gives them a bit of a wiggle room when it comes to those calls. So it's tough. Um, again, I think the, the biggest thing for me was even though those goals didn't go the Flames way, they still stuck with it and they were still, you know, they still kept their game. They didn't let it bother them. That was a huge thing last night. The third one, it is what it is. It was a missed call by the referee. I think he gets blocked. Um, by Lindholm going across the line. It might have been Lindholm, I think, who was stretching out to uh, keep his skate on side there and just misses the fact that Uyghur did, in fact, get it off um, and into the zone before Lindholm fully crossed the line. At the end of the day, does it matter? No. Would it have been nice to give yourself a little bit of padding with 10 seconds left in the game? Sure, and it, it gives us something to talk about, but at the end of the day, that's an unfortunate missed call. Uh, by the officials. Uh, a couple of texts at 960-960. How we're feeling at the Flames right now. Uh, following that big win against the Kings and the Jets' loss. Um, Eric in Calgary says the empty net goal was not offside. Anyone who says it doesn't really matter was only 12 seconds left. Maybe doesn't know the Flames have lost 4 billion games this year with less than a minute left. It all matters until the game is over. I, I guess so. I think the Flames were playing strong. I think... I, I just don't want to say it was the deciding factor. Yes, I said it would have been nice to to have that one goal cushion, that extra two goal cushion, I should say, heading into it, but it definitely wasn't offside. I agree with that. After you see the replay, it's for sure not offside, but the problem is, is there's no way to review that, right? It's not a goal call. It is an offside call. So uh, what did we see here? This one on Kadri, this text says, it was nice seeing Kadri. Um, in his last two shifts, battling on the walls, hitting, cross-checking, winning those two key battles, something we need to see more of. I thought he played a nice, tough game. I would agree. I thought that was one of Naz's uh, better games the last couple of weeks. He's been under a lot of scrutiny here in Calgary, and, and I think fair scrutiny. I don't want to say that it's uncalled for. I think the bar is set very high for a guy like Nazem, and it doesn't always equate to points, and, and to that texture's point there, I would like to see more of that nastiness in his game. I think it's something that we've all come to know is a big part of, of Nazem's game. And I think he's engaged a little bit more when he's in that physical side of things. So good for him. I thought that line uh, had some good moments last night. They weren't as effective, but Naz was uh, last night. It was one of his better games. Uh, this one says, how realistic is it that the Jets go two, three and two in their last seven in that scenario, the Flames would need any combination leading to 92 or more points. Uh, the more Winnipeg loses, the more paths open up for the Flames to jump into that final spot. Well, let's take a look at the Winnipeg Jets' remaining schedule and see just what it looks like. I know their next game out is Friday against the uh, Red Wings. 
which you might think, oh, that's not a big one, but the Red Wings did play spoiler a bit last night with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, so let's look at this, Taylor. Detroit on Friday. That's an up-in-the-air game. New Jersey on Sunday. That's a tough one. New Jersey's been good this year. Uh, their only game midweek next week is Calgary. They literally have Monday, Tuesday off. Uh, then they play the Flames. They have Thursday, Friday off. Then they play Nashville, San Jose, Minnesota, and Colorado. So, yeah, could I see the Jets? More than anything, I don't even know that it matters with the Jets who the opponent is last night because San Jose was the worst team in the league, and they had absolutely nothing. Go look, go search up Jets Twitter. Even just go to a couple of the goals on their Twitter account and look what fans had to say. Their top players are not playing anywhere near the level that they need to play. So I don't even know that it matters that it's Detroit or Colorado or whoever the opponent is. If the Jets don't figure things out with their top players, it's not going to matter. They're going to find more ways to lose than win games. It's as simple as that. Either they figure it out and close this gap on Calgary and Nashville or they're going to find themselves with some really, really tough questions to ask in the offseason about a team that was, I don't want to say cut and dry into a playoff spot a month and a half ago, but certainly shouldn't be in this position with, what, two and a half, three weeks left in the NHL season. They have absolutely let the door wide open for Calgary or Nashville to come in and take that final playoff spot away from them. Um. Jim texts in and says, does the NHL count overturned goals? Uh, do we lead that as well? I don't know that they do count that, Jim. But I imagine the Flames, just based on last night, would be in consideration for it. Although, like we said, that that third one doesn't actually count as an overturned goal because they're saying the play is offside. So it's not a not an overturned goal. It's uh, a play that's called dead at the blue line, technically. Uh, this text says, who cares about remaining teams and how tough they are? Most top teams rest their best players at the end of the year. Uh, maybe. If you're Boston, you can. Um, I don't know how many teams I listed on either side for the Flames or the Jets that are going to suddenly rest players. New Jersey hasn't been to the playoffs in a while. Uh, I don't think they're in, like, I don't think on April 2nd, you're resting guys with two weeks left in the season. Detroit and San Jose, they're out of the picture, but have played spoiler before. And like I mentioned, the other three teams for Winnipeg, at least, Nashville, Minnesota, Colorado, they all still have meaningful points to get to here. Nashville, we mentioned in the playoff race, Colorado and Minnesota are literally still battling for top spot in the Central, maybe top spot in the West. I I can't see either of those teams resting anybody until this is a little bit more decided. So maybe that, maybe that comes into play in games 80 to 82, but... 
I don't think for the next two weeks that's, given where all these teams are, it's not, at least in my mind, it's not something that we're going to be talking about uh, for teams in the West. Uh, so the Flames, uh, like I said, now two points back of the Winnipeg Jets. Equal games played. Uh, next up for the Flames, Detroit, uh, Flames, excuse me, have Canucks on Friday. Uh, Jets will play the Detroit Red Wings on Friday. So more out-of-town scoreboard watching uh, as we continue on. The Flames playoff push continues over these next couple of weeks. We will take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll uh, dive into hour two. Uh, off day today for the Toronto Blue Jays ahead of their season opener against the St. Louis Cardinals. Regular season baseball is right around the corner in hour two. We'll have a chat with Roger Lajoie from Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. Get a look at the Jays' season that's still to come. Uh, keep it locked right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan.